KDAZ 96.9 FM AM 700 and listen from anywhere at conservativetalkabq.com. I'd like to invite you to check out my website, freedomspeaknm.com. You can check out uh, from there all the replays of all the previous shows, as well as uh, interesting things that I post on there, resources. Anyway, so this is hour two, and I am here with my guest, uh, Gerald Madrid. The last bail bondsman standing in Albuquerque, and Derek Scott. And we were talking about during the break, it's like, what got all of this whole bail bond reform lunacy going anyway? And you, you said you wanted to talk about that. Briefly, yeah. Okay. As, as I mentioned, um, bail reform started in the state of New Jersey. And the first thing it did, it, it, and by design, it puts the bail bond agents out of business. That way, the government has it all. The government, meaning the courts and the judges, they have it all. They have, it's a monopoly. That sounds like a familiar pattern right. of behavior. Right. So, and, and that's that's how bail bail reform works. When I hear that word reform, it kind of cringes me every time I hear that word. Mm-hmm. Anyways, uh, there was two individuals that are that are uh, responsible for bail reform in New Mexico, and the first one is the late Supreme Court Justice Charlie Daniels. He was the Chief Justice of the New Mexico Supreme Court. Um, he has since passed on, and his partner was Artie Pepin. He's still with the administrative office of the courts and that that office uh, oversees the courts in New Mexico and he's like the director of the administrative office of the courts. Those two together made it their personal mission and went around the state giving speeches and seminars and lectures and all that on why bail reform needs to come to New Mexico. And the late Supreme Court Justice Charlie Daniels had the political clout he was the sitting chief justice. Who was going to say no to him? When he rolled in, the red carpet went out and everybody popped to attention. When he rolled in, he had the clout. He was a, he was a seasoned attorney. He'd been around a long time. And if, if Charlie Daniels told you to vote this way, you voted that way as a legislator. And we saw that firsthand, too, at the, up at the, in Santa Fe. He was literally lobbying legislators and telling them, you're going to vote this way. And they would. They voted for him. Anyways, those two are responsible for bringing bail reform to New Mexico. Uh, and it, it, you know, back in 2016, then they were also able to get the voters to amend our state constitution so the constitution would align up with the rules so that it went like hand in glove because otherwise it wouldn't have matched. So now the, the state constitution says that, that offenders cannot be held in jail simply for an inability to, to pay a bond. So and, and that's how they did it. And they went off the emotions, and you know Charlie Daniels went around the state and said giving speeches and and uh, just convincing people that j- this has to be done. He even said that this is his personal legacy, bail reform. So he made it all about him, and you know, and people fell into line. And so that's where bail reform came from. As I mentioned, uh, Daniels has since died. Artie Pepin is still around on the government dole. Uh, and most recently, I saw an article in the Los Alamos newspaper where Artie Pepin got a national award from the pretrial services agency at a national level for, quote, all the good work he's done in New Mexico. 
And I read that article, and I wrote an immediate rebuttal to the editor of the Los Alamos paper. And it, it was pretty short, a couple, you know, couple of paragraphs. Uh, you know, and I said, uh, this is an absolute disgrace, an insult to the victims and the taxpayers and the citizens of this state that Artie Pepin gets an award? I mean, I mean, what more of an insult can we get? I said, at a minimum, he should have been fired years ago, at a minimum. Yeah. And he's the same guy that recently is trying to implement a new program to take away fines and fees now from people convicted of things in court. Oh, yeah, Did that fines that? and fees yeah. thing, man, that yeah. is just he's ridiculous. The one, he's yeah. the master behind behind that. No consequences yeah. for anything. Take away fines and fees now, because after all, it's just it just impacts the poor people. But that's exactly how they sold bail reform. It's yeah, all about the if poor you people. take fines and fees, it's it's over. No, everybody will be speeding, and they won't care. Everybody will crash into each other and won't care, and they'll just run off. And, you know, I mean... You take away fines and fees, it's over. I mean, you might as well just death knell. Everybody moves out. It's all over. Shut, and it, I'm, shut it down. And I know that sounds down. small. We might as well just declare the real-life purge and get it over with. Right. Yeah. yeah. Just shut down the court system, disband the police department. Right. Yeah. But that's where we're going. But anyways, Artie Pepin is the master behind behind taking away fines and fees. Uh, according to him, he's so concerned about the poor people. I wonder how much of his salary he's given to the poor people that he claims he's so worried about all the time. Well, I guarantee none. Nothing. But yeah. anyways... He, he, you know, anyways, those are the two individuals 100% responsible for bail reform in New Mexico. And it's been going now since 2016. As you all know, it's destroyed this state. It's made, uh, you know, we're over at 100 homicides in Albuquerque. Well, I mean, last week we had recorded 100. No telling what it is now. Yeah. And, you know, when you ask him about, oh, this is just coincidence. There's no connection between bail reform and the massive crime. There's no connection. You know, the, you guys are just conspiracy theorists. There's no connection. Uh, you know, so once they once bail private bail secured bail, what I do is taken out of the out of the loop. It you know the house collapsed because we were an integral part of the system. When the judge said he secured bond, that offender either posted a bond or he waited in jail for his court date, and that's how the system worked. And that's why then you know there's cries now from from top to bottom, uh, bringing cash bail back. And uh, but contrary to what we were told back then, uh, bail you know cash bail is racist. Cash bail is uh, keeps the poor people. Everything's in jail. racist. Yeah, keeps that, the poor people. That word has no meaning anymore. Well, not to me either. But it, no. you know, it just it it attacks the poor people. And it's of sad. Course. And that's how they they win all these arguments. Is that we're here for the poor people. And you're a racist. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. You we're here for the poor people, and you're racist. And for so, you for know, saying, well, wait a second, I've helped the poor. You it's know? all we help is for. We don't yeah. have we don't have the rich people. So you don't have in. any rich clients. No, now. I never have. They've never <laughs> come in. They don't need me. No. They have their own yeah, money. Yeah, you're right. They have their own money. They have their own attorney. Why should they have to? They need to come to They me. can lean against their own house, you know, whatever. Or their, their multiple houses. <laughs> yeah, they don't need me. No. So that that's kind of how bail reform got started in New Mexico. And my main thing on this is that Artie Pepin has never been held accountable for the damage he's done to this state. He's never been put in the hot seat. He gets called up to Santa Fe and he gets awards and they pat him on the back for how great he's doing. But it's his own party that's given him the awards. But he's never been questioned about all the damage that bail reform has done to this state. No, and, guys, he, and, and he never will be. And he's not. You know, he'll, no. you know if, if, if anything starts coming his way, he could probably just easily retire. Yeah. And he's out of here. But I'm sure he's pulling down 150000 a year, you know, plus all the perks and the vacation and the health insurance and the this and that and the other that the guy's getting. And he's destroyed the state and he's never been held accountable for it. So Pepin needs to be put in the hot seat. And he's never been asked a single question. I mean, not a real question. Yeah. Must be nice. 
Well, if you're on the left or you're perceived as somebody that's potentially a voter for a Democrat, you don't have any consequences. No. Whereas like people like these people that are be being held indefinitely for misdemeanor charges in Washington, D.C. for yes. two years now. For two years. Unbelie under, under the worst possible conditions. Beaten. They've been beaten, tortured, not allowed access to their lawyer. When they do, they sit there and listen in on it and then send it to the U.S. attorney. And I mean, it's just total violation of their rights and their responsibilities of the state to take care of them. Because remember that the Constitution and everything, the state has to take care of you. You know, there's the Duran Decree. Everybody. I mean, if you're you in know, state custody. Yeah, if you're in state or government custody, the Duran Decree says you're supposed to get all these rights. They won't give them any time outside. They won't give them any time. They're just stuck in a cell 24 hours a day. And sometimes they let them out for a shower. You know, I was listening to Dr. Simone Gold on a... Uh because, you know, they locked her up for a while. Simone Gold, they locked you up. She's just a hardened criminal. I mean, they had to lock her up. And she said that she was in a 7 by 10 yep. isolated cell the entire time she was there. Yeah. No right to bail? No right to no. bail, no right to anything. It's the same thing with these January 6th. They won't give them a right to anything. No. They're still stuck there on a trespassing Trespassing. A misdemeanor. Misdemeanor. Since when do you hear somebody being charged with trespassing being held for two years without bail? Yeah. And so if they're found not guilty at trial, then what does the government say? Sorry. Oh, oh, yeah. sorry. Sorry. Oh, sorry. 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 Oh, go ahead and try to sue us. You're not going to get anywhere. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah, and that's what they do. They shrug their shoulders yeah. and say, sorry. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, oh, the new, new, and I've seen it happen before, you know, a new movement comes in to the government and they push those people out mm -hmm. oh you know they'll say oh we got them out we got them out then that's what i think is going to happen they're going to get them out yeah oh we did it we got them out and then but when the when the rubber meets the road and the bill's going to be cashed i guarantee all those representatives and stuff saying we got them out are going to say no we're not going to pay you for that well i mean think about it this not just are they going to pay them for the think about you've been pulled away from your life for two years You've lost your job. Maybe you've lost your your family. Yeah. Lost your house. Yeah. Everything you own. When they let you out, you could possibly have nothing. You could yeah. possibly homeless, be homeless yeah. when you get out. Yeah, the government made them homeless. Oh, yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. You I can ask some of the families. I mean, there's been money and people have been trying to raise, of course, for these people. But the problem is, is the government's even investigating them. And going after them, and the FBI is oh, watching them the and FBI, stuff. The FBI, I mean, I just call them uh, Biden's personal Gestapo goon oh, they squad. Are. They I are mean, that's now. what they've become. I mean, you hear in the news, you, you, and I'm going to talk about this a little bit uh, later on in this, in this hour, but, I mean, they're going after political opponents left and right. And people that are not accused of any violent crime whatsoever, the FBI is showing up at their house before the sun comes up with 20 or 30 heavily armed, I'm going to call them soldiers, with like a dozen or more vehicles parked outside the house and raid their house and drag this person out like they're some kind of dangerous mass murderer. Yeah, just I, like, I mean, just like here on thing? your, just like the, uh, what is it, that you, the man... 
The pro-life, yeah, the Catholic pro-life speaker. Yeah. There was a Don Raid. You have the article right here. Let me pull yeah. it up. And, yeah, you were talking about, so the FBI conducts Don Raid on home of Catholic pro-life speaker, and then they just arrested him. They just took him, and his family, these poor family, is, is just Is he stuck. still in custody? It sounds like it right now from what this and, article and says. And being held on what charges? It doesn't really say. It doesn't I mean, say. It doesn't really say. It doesn't say. They just raided him, and you know the the family's talking about. Oh, here we go. He's he can have fines up to three hundred fifty thousand, uh, eleven years in prison for. Doesn't really say. Well, why, here's what happened. You know. Okay, I, I read the article pretty good. Here's what happened. The guy basically he's one of these people that that stands outside the the fence of these abortion clinics, mm -hmm. and tries to counsel people. Okay. Went before as they're going in. There's nothing illegal about that. Well, what happened was apparently he had his 12-year-old son with him one day when he was out there counseling people. And one of the people working at the facility comes out and is aggressive towards his child. So he pushes the guy away. Okay, well, there was no formal charges brought against him for that in, in, in any way. But the FBI, the federal government, went after him. Big surprise. And here's another interesting thing, too, while we're on that topic. I read something that came out. Actually, I think it came out. I, I just saw it today just pop up. There was a, a wh another whistleblower. There's been these whistleblowers coming forward from the FBI. And this whistleblower is claiming that he, you know, let's see, where is he from? He's from... Um, <laughs> He's from Florida? <laughs> yeah, Sorry. I don't know. You know, more anyway, Lago? <laughs> I'll probably find it in a minute. But regardless, what, whatever state he, he's in, okay, he, he works at a field office in a state. And he there was a, a case in which they raided somebody. And they put his name on the case, even though he had nothing to do with it. And the, and the thing that he's whistleblowing on is they're handling all these things from Washington, D.C., so you know how I said you know Biden's private Gestapo yeah. FBI. I heard thugs, about this. Thugs? This guy's the one that got fired, and they had to put the lawyer had to put the statement out saying he doesn't have anything to do with Morlago, but they walked him out of the front office right in front of everybody in the press to make him look bad. Was and so, an but FBI he agent? went and filed a whistleblower complaint. Greg, just Greg now. Federico, yeah, is his name. He's an FBI agent. Yes, they probably took his gun and badge and yep, they walked him out, the, walked him out the front door. Yeah. And said, you're out of here. Yep. Yeah. And but they did it in front of the news, and then the news had to correct it because they were trying to say he was fired because of the Mor-a-Lago issue. But instead, it was, he was whistleblowing on another issue. Yeah, his name was put on he as went the through lead his chain of command. He, he went through his chain of command. He went through his chain mm -hmm. of command on this one. Yeah. That's why, that's why his whistleblower complaint's going to be really good because he went through his chain of command, and they— just treated him like terrible garbage and then you know like i said put him in another case to try to get him thrown out they get him thrown out and then he filed whistleblower just like now it's been a week just now with grassley and senator grassley and somebody else i can't remember but see i think that's big that he's basically outing what we thought what we've been thinking all along that all of this is being ran out of the Washington D.C. office. Yeah, yeah. Every bit of it. Every bit of it. And and I would say and and know, he he stated a lot of these guys have been under investigation before and and have screwed up before. One of them that's running it. Here's the kicker part. 
says, do you know about what happened in uh, Michigan for the governor? You know, they, Governor Whitmer was going to be uh, kidnapped. Yeah. This turns whole, out the whole thing was turns staged. Turns out the whole thing was staged by the FBI. Most of them were FBI agents that were doing it. Well, he's now the director of the Washington office. Was and it? he's directing all these this Gestapo stack tactics from the Washington office. So the guy failed, screwed up, was was and and has been under he's technically under investigation, but it's just been kind of put on hold. And now he's in front of the Washington office. Now to get to the Washington office as a lead agent and to direct the Washington office, you gotta be good. You know what I mean? You gotta be the best of the best of the FBI. Instead, they use the worst of the worst and put him there. But you wonder why? Well, because the tactics he uses. You know, this is what what's. I mean, it's true. It's it's totally open. Well, they want free people that are going to play ball with them, right? And I'm not even going to say that 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 Joe Biden is leading. I don't think Joe Biden's leading anything. Honestly, I think I I think. I would really like to know who actually is running our government right now, because I really don't think it's Joe Biden. But I don't think he's how got I the think mental it, facilities to do that. But here's how I think it fits into bail reform, okay? Think about this. If you're somebody who has a voice against the government, right? Let's say, you know, my voice, they want to come and get me because I'm talking about things that just they don't like. They can come in and give some random claim because I assaulted someone or I did something, right? Mm-hmm. They come in, they raid my house, they put me in jail. How am I going to get bail? You're not. Yeah, because I'm going to be stuck in because that judge is going to be like, oh, I heard from the news that you're a bad white supremacist racist. And that's what they're really doing. Yes. And so why should you have the right to bail reform? Because if I have bail, I can go back to work. I can fight it. I can have the money to fight it and continue to fight them, right? But if I have no bail... I'm done. They're I'm gonna, in jail gonna, or released, but I'm not going to get released because I'm not a bad guy, right? I'm not. I don't have a prior, a whole bunch of priors, and I'm not indigent enough. I'm middle class. They're going to make you indigent, though. Right? They're going to make me indigent, and then I still. But see, that doesn't qualify me. If I was, you know, if I made indigent by the jail, that doesn't qualify me for their the free stuff. Okay, you have to be indigent before you go in, and so that's where really I think bail reform really hits a lot of people. It makes it so that the government can shut you up so perfectly. They put you in jail for for a misdemeanor. They hold you there until you don't, you know, until the limit of your trial, and then 2 years later they start doing the process of the trial. Remember, you understand the process. Mm-hmm. So that process takes a long another 2 years sometimes to get the lawyers to get the discovery to do everything that you need to do to to have a trial. So now 4 years later, whoops, sorry, my I thought I shut it off. But Uh-oh. 4 years later, you know, they 4 years later they do it, right? So now you're 4 years in basically, 2 to 4 years in. And your voice is shut up. Things have changed and moved along. And then they release you. That's what I think it's really about. You hit on a point. I think this is all about government control. Yeah. Totally about that. Yeah, the government controls every aspect. They're systematically taking over everything. They want everything controlled from Washington, Mm D.C. Yeah. No. And this is just another piece of it. Yeah. This is, they're putting the pieces in place. Mm -hmm. And maybe all the pieces are already there. I don't know. You know. I don't know. 
What do you think? <laughs> well, I believe it's just a government a government takeover. And as you said, everything starts in Washington, D.C. And, and in my situation with the bail reform, it started in Washington, D.C. and then went to New Jersey and then New Mexico. But but New Jersey and Washington, D.C., the, the pretrial services model they have there is they brag about it all the time. Uh, you know, but isn't D.C. like the highest crime rate? Well, of course, they have rate. a horrible crime rate. Like it's Washington, just as bad as Chicago? Like, like Philadelphia and Chicago. Yeah. Of course they do. But, the, you know, you can't get those stats. But, yeah, oh, yeah, they won't release. I've tried to get stats here in New Mexico. They won't give them yeah. to me. It's all about control. I yeah. believe you're both exactly right. And this way, they, they can control who says what, who gets out, who stays in. And they got rid of the private sector. You know, when, with bail reform, gets rid of the private sector. And it puts the government in control of everything. Yeah. It's a government lawyer, a government release, the government prosecutor. The judge, of course, is employed by the government. So it's all on one side. And it's all being funded over here. And they're disregarding the Constitution in every way, and they're completely getting away with it. Of course. Because nobody is fighting back Nobody's fighting it. back. Just yeah. like in this state. I believe almost every major law firm in this state has been retained by the governor. A lot of I mean, of she have. thought about this. I know, because when I had to, when I had a civil rights issue with being shoved out, because I had a First Amendment legal complaint against the government for my disability and other people with disability during COVID— I couldn't get a lawyer. I couldn't get a lawyer just to even write a letter to the state to say how the city is refusing my right to grievance under the First Amendment against the city government and how we're being treated as disabled people. And like I tell people, I said, you really want to know what the canary in coal mine is, disabled people. What is happening to our medical system? Disabled people, people with disabilities or illnesses cannot get service. It is so extremely difficult to get your services that you need to help with your disease like i'm very fortunate the lord's blessed me but there's people less fortunate than me that cannot get services and they rely heavily on these services like at home services just one example where a person comes in goes and gets the water some of these people live without well and they have to go get the water from the well and bring it up to the house right mm -hmm. and so these people are disabled and the, these people will come in every day get them the water clean up their house a little bit help them out with whatever needs to be done for about two or three hours and then they you know went to the next client and so each client would be scheduled that way they can't get anybody and they won't raise they won't raise the rates so that these people could have it. Why? Because we need money for COVID. Because we need money for Medicaid. Because all these people coming across the border, we got to help them. And guess who's all loaded up in our hospitals right now? And I don't mean to be rude, but a lot of them are from out of country, using our system, our medical system. So when I got to go in, guess what I'm waiting? I, I mean, no literally for a new neurologist, it's I literally have to wait one year for a new neurologist. Because I'd be for new, just to go get to a new neurologist because I got to change over because my other neurologist left. He's retired. So to find a new neurologist, I got to wait a year. July is when I have my appointment. July. Of next year. Of next year. So, I mean, just think, you know, when you think about it that way, you start to realize if people with disabilities aren't getting what they need, you got to imagine what people that are able bodied are going to get. Right, you're gonna get you're gonna get less, right? It's all about this redistribution of wealth and everything they talk about that they openly talk about now. And now they're saying Medicaid because you know they're pulling you heard they pull in the, the COVID funds, right? So they're pulling the COVID funds because they can't afford it. See, that's the thing about socialism. You gotta have money or an economy to afford it, right? So they're not being able to afford it. And so they're pulling that money, and guess what? Medicaid's gonna collapse. 
they're already saying it on the news here locally. Our Medicaid system and Medicare system will collapse. And that scares me because, like I said, I'm struggling enough to get the the people I need to help me. I, I, I've been diagnosed. This is a terrible thing, too. I've been diagnosed with a type 2 diabetes, right? I can... I have to go and get the medication figured out and everything. I can't even get in to see my doctor until three months later. I could have a total diabetic coma before that time to get the right medication that I need so that I can stay alive. But nope, got to wait three months. And and I my medication they put me on is terrible. And so, the service you're getting at these places isn't so good anymore either. Right, yeah. You know, and we'll this go is into some, that other story. Yes, yeah, we should probably talk about that. But I, well, I, I want to keep on Madrid. I'm just kind of yeah, using it as, yeah. as an example. Yeah. For, I think Madrid's a great example of what he's talking about mm-hmm. of what we canary in the coal mines. Yeah. He's a canary in the coal mine. He's telling everybody, look, you guys let this go. Our society collapses. You know, and it's just like Medicaid. You know, you made you built this medical system this way. Now you're gonna like it. You're making it collapse. You know, all these government takeovers, all it does is make it collapse because you cannot just come in and say socialism and slap the sticker on it and walk away. You know, it's if you're fine, if you want your socialism, well, guess what you got to do? Look at Finland and others. They've actually pulled away from their socialist systems, right? You know, everybody tries to say that Finland and Denmark and all that, they're they're heavily socialist system and they have succeeded. No, yeah, you want to know how they succeeded? Reform massive massive reform taking away all the socialism systems that they slapped a sticker on because they had the same problem in the 80s because socialism doesn't work right like the old saying goes eventually you run out of other people's money and that's exactly what's going on right now we run out so badly that they can't even afford medicaid medicare you know just like what's going to happen then (laughs) just like this thing where they're talking about you know forgiving student debt and all that's going to do is help people that got educations which should probably be out earning a lot of money paying off their education like you talked about you don't have any rich clients it's like a lot of these people are people that they 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 got a good education they should be out making good money paying off their own student loan but but anytime that the government says that something is free or something's forgiven or whatever no the debt still has to be paid somehow. So all they're doing is redistributing the debt. Yep. Do you hear about redistribution of wealth all the time? Well, there's also the such thing <laughs> as redistribution debt. of yeah. debt. Yep. And that's anytime they say something's free or whatever or forgiven. No, all that means is that all of you guys are going to be paying that other person's debt for them. That's what that means. You know, the other key word is leveling the playing field because they use that when they were de- when bail reform is being debated here. We got to level the playing field because we got all the poor people in jail and so we just got to get it like this and bam the problem solved. Well, they're doing the same thing with student debt. They're going to level the playing field so the right. poor people aren't hit as hard as the rich people who aren't paying their student loans off as well. But I'm wondering when do I get my student loan debt returned to me? I, know. I pay I know. mine off. I want I yeah. get a, when's that refund I'm check I'm still working coming? hard to pay mine off, money. honestly. Yeah. When like... do we get the check in the mail? <coughs> yeah. Yeah. Is this retroactive? Yeah. Back to the 80s and 70s so I can get my I'd like to get my money back. I don't think it's going to well, happen. Well, see, and they didn't define yeah. it very well, too. I think they're going to have a lot of court cases. They're going to see they really, you know, Biden, whether he's handled or whether it's his idea, it was a bad idea because he did it executively. And it's and it's going to be challenged in the courts, you know, and it's going to be challenged in a lot of different ways. I think, you know, just like you're starting to see the challenge with bail 
response is you finally are seeing people finally challenging it. I'm glad to hear that, like you said, one judge is sometimes There's doing it. There's one judge. That's yeah. cool. I'm glad to hear that. Good for that judge, and you know, I Godspeed, and I'll be praying for that man so that he can continue to stay and the rest go because that's the one that needs to stay, in my opinion. If he's still doing it, he's the one who needs to stay, and the rest need to go. You know, and I don't. I know you don't want to t- say the name, and no, because no. you don't want to put him in on the spot because I already saw the news go after a case we were working on where the news went after our judge, and because of the news doing that, our case was in limbo for a long time that I was working on with our client. It was just in limbo because he didn't want to act because he would look bad. And the media would slam him. So the media destroyed this, this, and I'll say, you know, I won't say his name, but he was a black man. They, they, they destroyed his ability to get out of jail because he defended himself. Okay? This guy's still in jail, and now, he's, now, now they're doing federal charges because of a lot of weird issues. But nonetheless, this guy took month after month after month after month and wouldn't decide on the case. Why? Because the news attacked him about another case that he did, right? Can you believe that? It's just, it's just one of those things that <laughs> it's just so frustrating, but I'm glad to hear one judge is doing uh, You know, it. along those lines, I think the judges, from what I understand, are more afraid of bad press than anything because it, for them it's all about getting retained. And if they get some bad press, that really will get their attention. So, Gerald, we're at the break. Are you going to stay a little longer or do you got to go? Um, I'll, I'll wrap it up. Do we have a little bit for just a closing remark? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah so what I would okay. say. Yeah. Oh, well, actually, we can do it at the beginning of the next okay, segment. Okay, all right. Okay, so we'll be right back. Interested in getting your concealed carry permit? Perkins Protection Training offers state-approved concealed carry classes for both New Mexico and Utah, taught by a certified NRA instructor, local woman-owned and ran by husband-wife team since 2004. Individual coaching, ensuring every student learns according to their individual needs, complete with pre-class and follow-up tutoring. One-on-one, beginner, and advanced classes also available. Mention KDAZ for 10% off class. Call 505-238-1214. That's 505-238-1214 or on the web at PerkinsProtectionTraining.com. At Los Ranchos Gun Shop, we support law-abiding folks learning to operate their guns safely. Some look at a firearm and see only weapons of war. If the mayor is telling the police to stand down when criminals act and release them into our community without consequence, well, who can you rely on to protect you and your family? Safety and awareness is what we preach and teach. It's your right to be safe in your own home and community. Take up the responsibility. No one else will do it for you. Stop by our new location, 6621 4th Street, Northwest in Los Ranchos, or call 505-345. Four two seven six. 
Welcome back. I'm your host, Becca Marie, and you're listening to Freedom Speak on Conservative Talk, ABQ, KDAZ 96.9 FM, AM 700, and listen from anywhere at conservativetalkabq.com. So I still got Gerald Madrid here uh, with me from Gerald Madrid Bail Bonds, and uh, we're just going to wrap up our conversation with him because he's got to go and he's actually got to do business. (laughs) So, Gerald, you wanted to close with a few things. Yeah, you know, bail reform—it's it, affected the whole, uh, the whole state, the whole society, the whole community because it's caused—it's allowed for a collapse. And there's a new standard now, you know, of, of crimes on the street and people getting out of jail on nothing but a promise to appear. You know, if you don't like it, too bad. The judge did it. You know that. And so we're told that's too bad if you don't like it. And uh, if there's not a strong criminal justice system in place and a strong district attorney and strong judges that are holding the law and holding people accountable, it, it sets up this bail reform concept. And that's what we have in New Mexico. We have bail reform. And so it's, you know, the, the house has collapsed because of bail reform. And, and it has nothing to do with me personally that, oh, Gerald Madrid, you're just mad because you're not ripping off the poor people anymore. Or you're just mad because you lost your business. Guys, listen, I could walk away today if I want to. My life would probably be less stressful. You know, I could throw the keys to my son and say, it's not my problem anymore. I'm out of here. I don't care who's in jail. It's not my problem. But I gave my word years ago that I wouldn't quit. And I'm not quitting. My dad died two years ago. My dad, before he died, even told me, he said, son, shut it down. This is over. Uh, you know, bail reform has destroyed this state. It's ruined our industry. Just shut it down. I said, dad, I'm not quitting. I refuse to quit. Uh, because there's too much to fight about here. And I'm the last one holding the line. And I'm nobody, but I'm, you know, I'm not a politician, and it's just me. So it's really hard to take on the tidal wave coming when it's just me with no resources. But I'm not giving up. I'm not quitting. At least I can I can talk, and I get invited to shows, Becca, like your show. And thanks for inviting me. I'm glad you could and, come. You know, where I get to say, really, what's happening? Yeah. But, but again... Uh, the, the the breakdown in society right now uh, and adding bail reform on top of that just adds fuel to the fire. And until there's a change uh, in leadership and from top to bottom of the state, we're going to continue on with the destruction that bail reform has brought to this state. Yeah. Amen. Preach it. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. You know, I think what a lot of time and it's it's democrat politicians that are pushing this garbage absolutely I mean, totally and i think what it is a lot of the time is i think everything i i think they have a couple of main focuses number one they want to stay in power and number two they're thinking okay the more people that we can in effect buy off that's going to vote for us next time around, the more people they can get on some kind of federal assistance, you know, like, like people, they, they claim that they care about the poor people, which I, yeah. I really don't think they care about the poor people at all. I think that poor people are simply a tool that they use to get reelected. Absolutely. And, and I have found that most people that are on some form of government assistance almost always vote for Democrats because they want to keep getting the so-called free stuff, which really isn't free. 
They want to keep getting it. And just like this situation on the border with them allowing all of these illegals, illegals to flood in, they look at these people as being potential Democrat voters. It's like yeah. they, they want these people to think, oh, well, the Democrats are the ones that let us come in, and so we're going to be beholden to these Democrats. Not to mention all the free stuff they're giving these people when they come across the border. They're allowing them to jump the line against you know ahead of people that have been doing it the right way. And they think that by doing all of this for these people, they're going to ensure that they've got millions of Democrat voters so that they can stay in power and push their agenda. And well, I think it's also a financial thing. I think there's there's got to you don't do this unless there's some type of financial incentive for these higher ups and kickbacks, right? Yeah. So there's got to be some. <clears throat> excuse me. There's got to be some type of kickback. There's got to be something that when they took the bail reform, that somebody's getting something. That's right. Oh yeah. There's, there's a benefit be, to somebody. There's got to be somewhere. A there's money changing hands. There has to be. Yeah. yeah I think if you follow the money, it's going to lead right Rebecca, to them. This is by design. Yeah. What's yeah. happening at the southern border, what's happening, you know, the crime exploding across the country, yeah. it's all by design. It's by design. I, it's I not think a to mistake. Be. It's not a mistake. They're it has either to directly be or calculatedly done. They're either directly or indirectly getting a lot of money from the cartel. Because the cartel's making a ton of money off this oh, yeah. deal. And they're controlling the they border. Are. And, you know, the thing that really, really aggravates me is I was watching on the news this morning before I left, and this corrupt Merrick Garland guy. Oh, my God, we dodged a bullet, that guy not getting on the Supreme Court. He is so corrupt and evil. But he's talking about how he just cares so much about these, all of these people that are victims of this fentanyl. Well, where's the fentanyl coming from? It's coming China. from across the border from China, from right? China, across our border, right. yeah. And, and they're, they're using them as And they're literally mules. trucking them in. Yes. It's coming on ships. The, I, I've heard that, see, so... I know that the customs agents, they know which one it is. There's just, there's some type of payoff. It's all being shuffled around. And then all of a sudden it's gone when they go look for it. Yeah. You know, and then the truck is just discarded or something. Of course. You know, because they don't care about a truck and a trailer. I mean, a lot of money there, right? Yeah. But they don't care that it's discarded because of all the money that's in the back of it. And they've now transferred it and distributed it. So so does Merrick Garland think about all the people that are victims of the fentanyl? Hell no. What he cares about and what everybody else in this administration cares about, they care about potential Democrat voters and like you said, Gerald, the money that they're making off of this. You know they're making money Absolutely. off this. Absolutely. And oh, by the way, hey, uh, Mary Kay, get that, get that to Kami uh, Harris uh, uh, clip ready to go. Where is Kamala Harris? Isn't she supposed to be the border czar down there making <laughs> sure that all of this stuff's under control? No, <laughs> she's out at somebody else's border, yeah. and she's even confused about that so pl play that clip did she really say something about so the Listen. united states shares a very important relationship which is an alliance with the republic of north korea and it is an alliance that is strong and enduring so we have a strong that. according to kami harris <laughs> we have a strong alliance and she didn't even skip a beat on that she said wow. it. she just kept on going she didn't even go tr back and try and clean it up uh, not that i know she of didn't go like, back and clean it up so, not that i know of so so she mm. says this and and she 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 doesn't even know I, imagine what south korea thinks it's Jeez. like what you now have a strong alliance yeah, strong with alliance korea? with north korea 
Right. And so she's so concerned about the border of Korea that she don't care about our own border. No. Well, clearly she And she know. don't even know which border we're protecting there. Well, and what's interesting about North Korea alliance and stuff, I think that's a Freudian slip. I think it is. You know, I thought about that, Derek. Because I think you know how many hackers... Yes. Systems they have in North Korea compared to China, way bigger. Uh-huh. Like, they have a huge hacker system and a huge money-changing system going on there. No, I think there might be some truth to what she because said. Because of the cryptocurrency and stuff. North Korea was a big cryptocurrency czar in it until it finally dropped. Yeah. Well, she exposed the truth. Yeah. Yeah. Just she, like just like Biden did when he was running for office. About how they've how they've had the most successful fraud operation. Right. You know. And now here we go. Oh, we have an alliance with North Korea. Of course you do, because you're getting a crap ton of money going from from here to there and you need some way to transfer it. You need a banking system, an underground banking system to lo- lobby this massive amounts of money. I mean, America's being fleeced. We are being fleeced. We're gonna be left with nothing. I really think they're all going to leave to other countries that we can't get, and we're going to be left with well, they're out a, there buying a collapsed up country. Yeah, they're buying islands, or I think they're going to hand us a, a, a be like, oh yeah, good, yeah, oh oh yeah, okay, conservatives won, bye. The conservatives won, okay, bye. Oh, President Trump, go for it, bye. But it's already it's junk. You know, it's like handing, it's like beating the hell out. You know, like you loan. A lawnmower, like a, that's an older, I guess, thing, but because nowadays you, you loan a TV or something. But like, you know, loan a lawnmower, and the guy just just tears it apart, and you're sitting there watching him, and he won't give it back, and you're begging him to get in the back. You're going to the court to get it back. You're doing everything you can to get it back, and when he finally says, "Fine, you can have it," it's it's just literally he hands you parts. You know, that's what I'm worried we're going to run into here. That they're just going to be gone with the money. And we're going to be left with such massive amount of debt. It'll be so hard to move our economy into the, the forefront again. That's my concern. Sorry, did I get it kind of real on you guys there? No. No, I think they're trashing their our country on purpose. Yeah. It's all by design. Yeah. 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 Well, but in you- China, you got to understand, China wants that. You know, people don't understand China's society they see us as a blimp in history. They've been around longer. Japan's been around longer. All these empires have been around longer than America. America's a blip in history. It shouldn't exist. You shouldn't have a free society or a, uh, a fair and equitable society. Because equitable is a good word if used correctly, right? Yes. A fair and equitable society was talked about back when the revolution happened, right? They were talking about that. How do we build a fair and equitable society? Because there, there was a debate about de- democracy. They were thinking about let's do democracy, but they had watched what what uh, France did, and they went, you know, a democracy is a bunch of wolves talking about what sheep to eat, right? That was uh, was it Benjamin Franklin or was it Jefferson that said that? But he had wrote down, you know, it's it's about what sheep to eat. So he knew that you had to have separation of powers and the republic for which it stands, right? You have to have a republic which has separation of powers, and then those powers are separated, and then those powers are separated, and then those powers are separated, so that each person, ha- like, kind of wants to hold on to their own little pool. So they want their little pool of power, and, you know, if somebody doesn't like it, they kick them out of the pool and they put somebody else in the lead of the pool. But then, but then they're never able to really dominate each other. Do you see him getting? Oh in? yeah. Well, you know, Derek, 
here's what I, I'm going to compare this to a, a scene that we've seen like in, a, in Hollywood movies. Okay. You, you've seen the Hollywood movies in which the, there's like a group of people and there's one guy in the group that betrays them secretly and, he, and he's basically uh, working for the enemy. And then eventually when he hands over all his supposed friends to the enemy, well, then they kill him. It's like, well, you're a traitor. Why would we want you? Yeah, on why would we want the traitor? It's like, yeah, yeah that's yeah, so what if China came in know. here. They kill all them. Yeah. So who's the traitor here? Yeah. You know, they 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 blame they they accuse us of being traitors because oh well you're you're working against the government. Yes, we are working against the government because you guys are corrupt and unconstitutional. Right. So yes, we are working against you yep. because we are working for our country, yep. not for you. Yeah. We're working to pre- to preserve the constitution. You are supposed to be our servants. They're working for themselves. They're working for themselves. Yeah, they're supposed to be and our so servants. So yes, we There's are against them. a good them. one. Uh, uh, they're supposed to be the servant. Yeah. Right? And that's one thing when I went into law enforcement, I knew, I understood that. I had a really good mentor that really kind of, that really opened my mind to, you're a servant of the people. You're not above them. And that changed a lot of my mind, especially when it came to dealing with criminals and regular people alike, because, you know, you go, you get called to a dispute between two neighbors. So what do you got to do? You got to mediate, right? You want to try to make it easy for both of them to kind of work it out, right? right. You know, you don't want to arrest either of them because you know you're going to ruin their lives. So you're the servant to them by trying to mediate it before. And because that's the thing about being an officer of the law is having the discretion to say, you know what, this is, I'm not going to put you in jail. I'm not going to give you a ticket. Just, just get this straightened out. Okay. I'm going to come back here in a few days and I'm going to check Matt, check back with you. And that's what I did. And I got really good at it. And I, you know, sometimes I got into some trouble and people would call me the, you know, the S magnet and but because that's because I would go into, you know, the suburbs. I would go into patrolling where nobody else would patrol because they'd stay on the highways and stuff. And I'd go deeper. And so I always would catch somebody trying to break into a house or whatever. And then the chase was on. And then yeah. everybody's like, oh, Derek's got one. And all of a sudden I have like five guys backing me up. <laughs> and they, they would. They would wander around the area. But you know what that did? It made them come in. It made my other officers come in to those areas to watch, mm-hmm. you know, and to some of the poor areas and we would catch it and the crime would go down. And so, you know, it's, that's the thing, servant, servitude. I served those people that I worked for because they were, they were what I was working for. I was working for them at nighttime while the, you know, the sun's coming down. Somebody's got to watch out while they're asleep. You know, we're not doing that. We're not doing that. Sorry. I, I saw I saw something on the news the other day that was really fascinating. You know this this myth that the left is always trying to tell us all the time that black neighborhoods don't want the cops in there. Right. That's a total lie. They they they, they were interviewing a bunch of people in one of these neighbors. Like, what are you talking lie. about? Yeah. We need more. Here, <laughs> we need more we need cops more. in yeah, here. Those, what are you those, talking about? Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of crime here. Yeah. We need more cops. They want people out at night patrolling. Yes. And catching these bad guys. There's a lot of black people. There's people that have even been in jail and have come out and said, no, go get them. I've seen it. I've seen these guys saying, go get them, Derek. You know, and they're right out of jail. Yeah. But they're like, he, he's stealing my stuff. You know, it's <laughs> funny when it turns around on them. You know? Right. So, hey, Gerald, I'm kind of curious. Uh, we've, I, I think we've all seen probably Dog the Bounty Hunter and heard some funny stories. 
You got any funny stories to share about how maybe you might have uh, caught some bail jumpers? Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, tell us, a, tell us one or two really good ones. I've, I've, heard of, I've heard of people being told, uh, call them up on the phone. And say they've won, like, the publisher's clearinghouse oh, or something. Yeah. You know, and we're going to send a limousine to your house to pick you up, yeah, you know. We, we've done a few things like that. I think one time we sent out letters that they were going to win a TV or something like that. It's been many years ago. Uh-huh. And you'd be surprised at people that would respond to that. Sure. And they would show up. Or, you know, again, they think they're going to get something for nothing, and they would show up. Or... Pretend like we, you know, there's a car parked in front of the, the perpetrator's house. We pretend like we ran into the car oh. and we're out there, you know, investigating the damage. And pretty soon, <laughs> you know, they come out because they want to say, what the heck? They think an insurance claim already. Right, right. And the perpetrator himself comes out and bam, we get him. You know, just different <laughs> ruses one. like that like that, we, that we've tried. Just different things. Now, we, on a serious note, we do have to be careful, though. We can't impersonate like UPS uh-huh. right. or the post office. Yeah. You, yeah, you know, you can't do that. Right. You know, you could say, um, I have a partial delivery for you. You know, just, you know, you know, we can't impersonate it. And I wouldn't want someone impersonating me. Right. But, you know, we've done a few of those things over the years, just kind of silly things. And sometimes they work and sometimes they didn't. Yeah. You know, a lot just, of the times it's probably sitting, <coughs> eating and waiting. Right. Yeah. There's a yeah. lot of there's a lot of waiting time. You've got to be yeah. very patient to do recovery, bail recovery type work because you don't know if it's going to be a quick in and out. And when you least expect it, you know, the guy shows up. It, it, that always happened to me. Right. And that it never fails. Or, or just when you just have to go take a break and run to the bathroom, it never fails. He comes home right then. Or you go shopping. Yeah. This happened to me. We went to Walmart to go shopping, and there was my bail jumper. So I had to call my buddy to get over to Walmart right now, and we got him. You got him there? We got him there yeah. at Walmart parking lot because yeah. we saw him walking around, and we waited out of the parking lot and got him and captured him and brought him back. It was like the easiest one I ever had And you because know, he was there where I was shopping. <laughs> You know, and that's the thing that's missing now from the bail enforcement side. I mean, the, the bail recovery side is that the bondsman, the bondsman and the bail enforcement agents have been taken out of the equation. Yeah. So that no more of that happened. Nobody. We were bringing doing, we were yeah. bringing offenders to jail every day. Yeah. Every day. We had oh, yeah. a team of, of, of bounty hunters, what I call bounty hunters, bail enforcement bail agents out there, yeah. you know, bringing them in. That was our job. Yeah. yeah. We were coming in the back door of the county jail, cuffed. Yeah. And, you know, we had a policy in place. Yeah. We'd, we'd show up at the back door. We'd press the button. They'd see us on the camera. Yeah, it's Gerald Madrid. I got it. All right. The gate would open. We come yep. in. The gate closes. We go on booking. You know, we did all the same paperwork that law enforcement yep. did, the pre-booker and all that. Yep. And we did the process. Yep. And we were bringing a lot of guys back to jail. And it worked because, there, there, you know, there was that deterrence and there was consequence that they knew that if they didn't show, we were coming for them. Literally and figuratively, we were coming for them. And they knew that. And they were on the lookout. And they, you know, they couldn't sleep well because they didn't know... <laughs> When the guys were showing up, they didn't know. And so they were, and eventually they, they mess up and we got them. Have you ever had guys that were just, they, they just got tired of the stress of constantly watching over their shoulder and just came back to you and said, yeah, okay, they, I'm just going to turn myself yeah, in. I can't you know, uh, F it. You know, you guys got me. <laughs> yeah. You guys got me. You know, there's no escape. <laughs> yeah. You know, if we know for sure he's in the house, we have the, count, the house surrounded. And it, we may be there four hours yeah. pounding on the door, pounding on the windows. Yeah. And they finally just, they come outside. Yep, they finally. I, I, you know, I can't yeah. take it anymore. Yeah. Oh yeah, all you know. I'm they sure. knew we were never going to leave. Yeah, so we got I, we're him, not yeah. leaving, guys. <laughs> you know, we'll go to the bathroom right here. Whatever yeah. we got to do, we got. There's a, a bush over there. <laughs> we'll order pizza, whatever. Yeah. Oh, hey, I've done that. <laughs> but we're, we're we're not leaving, so yeah. you might as well come out. Yep. And so you know, I'm sure things like that, I just don't remember all of them. There's lots of different yeah. things have happened. Oh yeah. 
Like well, I, I don't even remember all of them. Myself. One other, one little funny thing. I mean, many years ago, we called the guy and told him we had a job for him, and we were doing interviews at McDonald's. Oh, okay. And the guy showed up to McDonald's, and uh, you know, we sat down at the booth. We had the application. And we got him right oh, there geez. at the McDonald's, <laughs> and the guy like resisted. I, the guy, the the recovery agent was with me. Was a big, heavy set guy. We ended up tearing that whole booth down. Oh no! You know, and just destroyed us all the way to the ground. Oh, oh no! Wow. Just you know while we're scrapping. Yeah. No, I get it. And yeah. another, one other funny story: we went. There was a guy in a mobile home, and you know those mobile homes like are made of particle board. Oh yeah. And the guy's hiding in the closet of the mobile home. <laughs> you know, the, 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 they're very small. The closets. Oh yeah, those closet small. doors yeah. are not very small. Yeah. Crazy fitted. And my guy was huge. They get in. My guy gets in the closet, and these two are rolling around the closet. They eventually fell through the side of the mobile home and all out onto the to outside. The ground. Oh my gosh, yeah. are you serious? Yeah. Oh, I would have loved to see that one. You know, and we wow. and we got him. You know, just stuff that's, like that's that. That's a good job. But again, that's part of the job. That's part of the job. That's what yeah. we signed up for. And when when we used to go out, you know, we never knew what to expect. Oh yeah. But you know, because of bail reform. All that's been taken away. Yeah, there's so nobody. There's nobody out, out doing yeah. the, the work. It's only the police, and the police are so understaffed. They can't do it. The deputies, so understaffed. When I was running for sheriff, you know, ex you know, our deputies are total less than about, I think it's right at 300 yeah. right now. And that's, and, and there's studies saying for the sheriff's department, it should be at 500 deputies, right, on the streets. And then for Albuquerque, it should be a oh a thousand to like uh, twelve hundred officers on the streets. Do you know how much they have right now on the streets? From what I heard, the number's gone down to like five hundred and seventy-five per like, oh, that's total. Huge. And but they I said they the have these other ones and stuff. But the shifts, yeah, the shifts aren't being covered. They have like one or two per district sometimes. One yeah, officer answering per calls? district answering calls. And that's why it's three to four hours. For a call. You know, when we used to go out in, you know, law enforcement, if they're looking to serve a warrant, I think a lot of times they'll, because of time, they'll knock on the door and they, they see it's the cops, they don't answer the door. They the cops leave. The they they're can't the cops, stay there all day. They can't, they stay, can't there. stay Yeah. It, yeah. It, you know, they can't stay. When, we could. <laughs> when we go, you know, we're, guys, we're, we got the launcher here. We're not leaving. Yep. You might as well come out because yeah. you're going to jail. We're not yeah. leaving. Yeah. And you know, and it worked usually. And it kept crime lower. It did. It really right. did. It's like, and it's the consequences. In and the area trunks. that I worked for when Tri County, so we worked the Tri County area. So that was Jefferson, it was Adams County, and then it was This uh, is up in Colorado. It was up in Colorado. Yeah. yeah, and and then Thornton, North Glen, they had acknowledged that our work that we had been doing in security and bail enforcement because we had security contracts in that area also. We had brought probably brought crime down another 10%. 10%. That's a lot. It's huge. Yeah. And so that was just our work that we, because North Glen did a hand-in-hand -hand with our company and a couple others and really wanted us to enforce the law and that they would come and back us up and the officers would come and we'd write reports and statements and if we had to present in court, we would. North Glen and Thornton did a great job with their security and bail enforcement. And really, you know, again, like you said, it's a strong DA. It's a strong Justice Department. So that's judges. And then it's a strong officers and leaders of officers and deputies. Because like I kept saying as a sheriff, if we get security companies to be at least deputized or something, or like a couple of them are deputized, they can do the arrest. 
for the security company, and then they take care of it. Now you're not taking officers off the street for all these security guards, right? And these security guards can go through more training or, or, a, or step down academy. And now you got security officers out there that can enforce the law. But see, that's why Colorado, though it's so liberal, it's still pretty low on crime compared to a lot of other liberal cities because they're, they still have that program where they work hand in hand with the security departments and stuff. And they don't, look at the security as, oh, you're a rent-a-capo, you're a terrible person. You know, they look at them as like, oh, you're a resource. Hey, what have you seen today? Did you see anything? Hey, I'm looking for this guy. If you see him, you call me. I'm serious. We used to get oh, yeah. bolos from the police. They're like, if you see this guy, Derek, come in, please call me. I'll be there. And so, yeah, we would catch them. We would help catch these guys because they walk into our store. Oh, look, there he is. Call, hey, call Thornton PD and voila, here they come and they grab him and it's over, you know? So... But they don't want to do that here. He's right. It's it's all about having a strong system, and they don't want to do that. Well, oh. I don't know. There's a lot of motivation there. Yeah. And, it, you know, I think you pointed out something that I've been always railing about is our DA. Yeah. That guy is so conflicted. You know, he says he wants bail back, but then he doesn't charge some of these people with the crime and he's well and he's a little overloaded don't get me wrong but he's not enforcing the law he's going after boogeymen i mean he spent more money on going after new mexico civil guard who did aid right took care of people stopped the action from being worse the police had been called for over like two, uh over a half an hour from both sides and did nothing right well, now there's a news article saying that, you know, the the mayor had lied. He was at the, uh, I guess, the command center. So if the mayor was at the command center and all this, and they didn't do, and they were watching this happen at the Adonate statue, you know, but he's going after that, spending a whole bunch of money after these people that did the right thing, that were good Samaritans, instead of going after our murderers. And I just, it, it drives me nuts. It's really upsetting to see our DA not be strong because he can make a he can reach out to Gerald Madrid and say you know what we really got to do this bail reform and get this you get this fixed we need bail back and he could go to the state capitol and say hey guys we need this back you need to change the law he could do that yeah but hey, is he doing it Randy we're reaching the end of the segment and you got to go right Gerald yeah I need okay. to wrap it up so so Gerald I want to thank you for coming on I've actually learned a lot of stuff today and I hope the listeners are, have learned a lot too it's like your job's very, very important, and I think that by this ridiculous bail reform nonsense that a great service has been removed. You know, going out and rounding these people up because they're basically being allowed to just run amok out there, and chances are they're not being brought in now, and it's, and it's, it's, not, it's not something that's against poor people, actually. It's to, it more it helps, it helps poor people. You know, it's about accountability. Yeah, is what it is to anyone breaking the law, and we want to make sure that everyone gets their day in court, and yeah. they get that by showing up in court, whether it's the offender or the victim. We're all entitled to our day in court, right? And if the offender doesn't show up, nothing can happen. Real quick, plug your business. So this is uh, Gerald, the Gerald Madrid Bail Bonds. I'm available if anyone wants to call and talk to me. You can email me, come by and visit with me, and I'll teach you what bail is really about. What's your phone number? How do they reach you? 505-243-0249, 243-0249, Gerald Madrid. Thanks, Gerald. It's been awesome having you on. Thank you. Okay.